Good morning. Well, welcome to this final Sunday of 2019. If you're joining us online on Facebook Live, we'd like to welcome you as well. Uh, yeah, what happened to 2019, right? Like, we're, we're at the end, the final Sunday. Uh, it's, it's an honor. Look, I, I love being in here to close out the year with you guys. My name is Kelly. I'm one of the pastors here on staff. My wife and I are the, the directors of the children's ministry. And look, I, I want to say uh, just personally thank you to parents, grandparents for, for allowing us to, to partner with you uh, in the, the, the spiritual development of your child, for, for trusting in us, for trusting in Journey Church uh, and like I said, and, and partnering with, he, with you. We're not, we're not here by any means. Uh, it would be unbiblical if we were, but we're not here by any means to uh, take your place as the primary spiritual leader of your children. But it, it's an honor, it's a blessing to, to be able to partner with you in, in raising up your child and training them up uh, in the way that they should go. And uh, again, I, I love being, being, being able to close out the year with you guys uh, and, and kind of looking ahead, you know, you, ending one year, looking ahead to another year, because uh, I, what I want to be able to do is maybe just offer you a, 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 little, a, a little boost, a little encouragement, because, you know, maybe this year, maybe things didn't go quite the way that you thought or hoped that this year would go. Maybe you set some goals that, that you didn't meet for, for whatever reason. Maybe there was something that got in the way. Maybe there was a job change. Maybe there was a personal health issue, the, the loss of a loved one or a, a job loss. You know, things, things change, things happen. And, and the end of the year, ending one year, going into a new year, it's, it's a great time to, to examine our lives and, and to set goals and to make changes. Also, maybe some of you are here this morning, and on top of things this past year not quite working out the way that you hoped, maybe you're here this morning and you're just tired. You are worn slap out. Because let's face it, the, the holiday season is a busy season, right? We got, we got Christmas lights, like we put all of our Christmas lights on our, on our tree. We get those hung. We, we get them on the house, and, and then we get our presents and then we got that, and, and then we, we got our calendar worked out. We got all of the, the, the 75 Christmas parties that we got to go to, plus our work parties. And then we, look, we got that outfit. You know we got to get that outfit, right? We got to get that outfit. We got all this stuff. Oh, yeah, by the way, we got the gifts for the teachers. Do we get the gifts for the teachers? We got 85 teachers we get gifts for and friends and family. And, and it's, it's great, but let me ask you a question. Where is there room for Jesus in all of this? Where And look, none of these things, I'm going to try to get rid of this show without getting all tangled up, okay? There's nothing wrong with any of that. None of those things are bad. Look, I, I love putting lights on the tree and, and lights on a house and decorating. I love you know, getting gifts, receiving gifts. There, there's nothing wrong with any of that. But we're celebrating the birth of of Jesus, and if we could be honest here this morning, a lot of times we're some, or sometimes we're we're guilty of trying to fit Jesus in to His own celebration. I'm guilty of it, and sometimes I you, you get I get convicted, and I just got to slow down. Is it really that important? 
Is it really that big of a deal if I don't get all the lights put on my house that I want to put up? Is it really that big of a deal if I don't get the Christmas tree up and decorated the night of Thanksgiving? Is it really that big of a deal if I have the perfect outfit to wear to the party? Is it really that big of a deal? It'd be kind of like having a birthday party for your spouse, but not inviting your spouse. Try that and see how it works out for you. Not real good, huh? Now, maybe you're here this morning, and on, on, on top of things not working out this, this past year, and again, maybe, maybe there are some, some goals that, that you're setting, some things that you're changing, and some things that, 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 that you want to cut out, that you want to get rid of. And, and that's what we're going to talk about today. But could it be, let me ask you this, could it be that the reason we're guilty of trying to fit Jesus into Christmas is not simply because we get so busy at Christmas. Could the reason be is that we're guilty of doing that all the time? If you look back at the past year, if, if you look at the goals that, that you didn't reach or, or certain things that happened, is it because that you were trying to do them your way? Were you just trying to figure things out on your own? Did you isolate yourself from other people who were trying to lead you and guide you in the right direction? Were you looking to coworkers or family or friends to, to fulfill your, your needs of, of comfort and joy and even love? Is there anything or things in your life that the Lord has been putting on your heart that you need to lay down, that you need to lay aside, that you can't get out of your life, or that you need to get out of your life, but you just can't let go of them, and they're weighing you down. They're hindering you. They're hindering you from living the life that God has called you to live. In my own personal life, and I, I've shared this before, in my own personal life, I had, the, uh, uh, you know, uh, going into this year, I wanted to, you know, to, to exercise and start eating healthier and get rid of some of the caffeine and get rid of some of the, caf- the, the, the energy drinks. And, and the Lord, he, he, he was putting it on my heart and putting it on my heart. And I, I mean, I was up at night praying about it. God, yes, I get it. And, and I'd wake up the next day and, oh, I'm good. I'd go get me a Diet Coke and an energy drink. And lo and behold, it landed me in the hospital on May 15th with my heart all out of whack, with my heart beating all crazy. What is the Lord putting his finger on in your life that you need to lay aside. Because, let's be honest, there are things in our lives, probably for most of us, if, if not all of us, there are things in our lives, there are even people in our lives, there are places that we go, things that we do that we need to cut off, that we need to lay aside because they're a hindrance, they're weighing us down. Now, for some the weight is greater than it is for others. But the good news is there's an answer. 
And we just so happens that we can find that answer in the book of Hebrews chapter 12. Because, look, this isn't just a 2019 issue. This has been an issue for a long time. And the author of Hebrews addresses this issue of laying things down that hinder us from being able to honor the name of Jesus with our lives. And what we'll see in this text, what we'll see is is what we need to lay down, why we need to lay it down, and how. So if you would, take out your Bibles, turn to the book of Hebrews, and go to chapter 12. We'll be in verse uh, 1, 2, and 3. So Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12. If you don't, if you don't have your Bibles, the, the verses will, will be up on the screen as always. And let's, let, let's read it. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse 3, consider him. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Let's pray. Father, I, I ask that as we look into this text, as we uh, examine our hearts and examine our lives, God, I pray that no one here would hear a word from a mere man, but they would hear a word from, from you, God that they would hear your voice, and that when they walk out of here today, I pray that their life would be, that lives would be changed, that lives would be transformed, Father, and that there would be a new passion, that there would be a new zeal to look to you, Jesus, the author, the perfecter, the founder of our faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. So let's look at verse 1. He says, therefore. Now, we didn't get very far. Let's stop right there. The therefore, when, when you see a therefore, what the author is doing is he's pointing us back to a previous statement or statements that he just made. Here, the author is pointing back to chapter 11. Many of you may know chapter 11 is known as, as it's the chapter of the Bible is known as the hall of faith. And what the author does in chapter 11 is he, he gives examples of people living out their faith. In verse 1, we see he refers to them as a cloud of witnesses. So what he is doing is he's pointing us back to this cloud of witnesses. Why? Because the original readers, the original hearers of this letter, which most scholars believe that this entire book of Hebrews was an actual sermon. Can you imagine that? Like, we'd be here for a little while, right? It was an actual sermon. But what the, the original hearers were experiencing persecution. Now, not yet to the point of bloodshed, as we, we see in verse 4 if you keep reading it, it, it tells us that. 
Not yet to the point of bloodshed, but the opposition was so intense that many were facing the danger of turning their backs on Christ, of rejecting Christ. So what the author is doing, instead of saying, hey guys, y'all are experiencing a little persecution, keep the faith. Good luck with that. See you later. He's, he's actually pointing them to examples of ones who have endured, who have suffered, who have persevered, and he's encouraging them. He's, he's giving them examples to support his encouragement in order to motivate those believers that are struggling to stay the course of their commitment to Christ. And that's exactly what I hope and pray to be able to offer you today. And you might be thinking, yeah, well, maybe like the original hearers of this letter, right? Yeah, well, we, are, we appreciate the motivation, we appreciate the examples, but what do we need to do? Like, what do I need to do and how do I do that? Well, if we continue on, the author says, lay aside every weight. Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. You see, in, in the ancient world, using race-type imagery was a common way of talking about endurance. And that's exactly what the author does here. The race that he is talking about is the Christian life, the life of faith. Now, when you think of the, a race-type imagery of running a race, there's, there's sprints and there's marathons. Now, what the author is talking about here, he's not talking about a sprint. You don't, you don't need much endurance to run a sprint. But you do need endurance to run a marathon. I don't, I don't know if you've ever run a marathon or not, but I mean, I haven't. You know, you know the stickers that, that people put on the, some of you may have them, the stickers that people put on the back of their cars, the 13 point whatever, the 26 point. Well, I've seen one that has 0, 0.0. Have you all seen that one? That's, that's me right there. 0, 0.0 miles. I'm, I'm doing good. So uh, just think about a marathon. You don't just wake up one day and it's like, oh, I'm going to run a marathon. And then you take off running. It don't happen. I mean, it, it takes work. You got to prepare. You got to have, I remember uh, eight, nine years ago, my, my wife, she trained and she ran uh, a, a half marathon, which is, what, 13 miles yeah, 26 is a full, 13 is a half. She ran a half marathon. I mean, you had to, you had to have the right shoes, you had the, the right diet, the, 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 right, uh, the right training, uh, 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 the right training routine. It, it takes work. It, it's not easy to run a marathon. Nor is the Christian life easy because the Christian life is a marathon. There will be challenges and suffering along the way. It's a lifelong commitment that requires perseverance, that requires endurance. So, the author tells us to lay aside every weight. This word that is translated as weight was used by ancient writers to refer to uh, 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 heaviness, uh, a mass, or, or, or body fat. For example, if we, if we can stick to the, the author's uh, race imagery here, it could refer to a runner shedding off burdensome clothing or excess body fat, losing excess body fat 
In other words, getting rid of anything and everything that could hinder them from running their best race. You know, of course, a lot of us go into the new year looking to trim things. Maybe he's looking to trim weight. Maybe you're looking to trim spending. Maybe you're looking to trim some of the extracurricular activities. And, and what I want us to understand here is this weight that the author is talking about. Because you see in the text, he says, lay aside every weight and sin. So this weight that the author is talking about is not necessarily sinful things. Uh-oh. This weight that he's talking about is there are, there are certain things, hobbies, habits, even people that in and of themselves aren't bad, but that might occupy so much of our time that Jesus becomes secondary. Some examples. Social media. Could, could you lay aside some of your social media time and replace it with this? Could you lay aside some of your television time and replace it with this? Sports, sporting events, none of the going to the gym. Look, absolutely nothing wrong with any of that. But is it occupying so much of your time that Jesus becomes secondary? And then there's the obvious. The author says, and sin which clings so closely the sin in our lives the lust the adultery gossip hatred pride unforgiveness jealousy the sinful things in our lives that cling to us that we must trim away if we're going to run this race and if we're going to finish this race. In order to persevere, we have to grow in obedience to God's word. And growing in obedience to, God's, to, to God and to his word means that we're constantly trimming, we're constantly laying down things that God commands us to lay down. Look, when God puts something on your heart to lay aside, to get rid of, Get rid of it. Trust me, I know from experience. Like, I wasn't listening about the energy drinks and the caffeine, and I, I didn't listen very well. And look where I ended up. When he puts something on your heart, get rid of it. There's a reason for it. You may not understand it. Lay it aside. Get rid of it. In Hebrews 11, in Hebrews 11, we see that, that Noah trimmed away the, the popular opinions of the, of the corrupt world around him when he obeyed God and built the ark when God warned him of the coming flood. Abraham laid aside comfort, leaving everything he knew for the first 75 years of his life when God told him to go. 
he packed up and went. Rahab, Rahab laid aside fear and doubt when she, when she hid the Israelite spies in her home and stood in between them and the king's men when the king's men came to arrest them. Moses, Moses laid aside his, his prominence, his wealth, choosing instead to be mistreated with the people of God rather than, rather than enjoying the temporary pleasures of sin. Chapter 11 says, he considered disgrace for the sake of Christ of greater value than all the wealth that Egypt could offer him. What is it that you need to lay down? What are the things that you need to lay down? Is it, what, what is the weight and the sin that you're carrying around? Is it your popularity or your public image? Is it, these are heavy, y'all. Is it gossip? Is it spending? Is it too many hours at the office? Is it social media? What are the things that are weighing you down, that are hindering you from living the life that God has called you to live? Now the author tells us how. So what are those things that I need to lay down? How do I lay them down? Verse 2. He says, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. You know, Louis Zamperini, many of you know him, familiar with the, the book Unbroken, the movie Unbroken. He was a, the uh, Olympic, uh, distant Olympic runner in the th 1930s and, and a, a World War II uh, vet, uh, actually a uh, World War II POW. He, uh, Zamperini said what he would do when, when he was running a distance race he, is he would, he, was, he would focus his eyes, he would look at the leader of the race and he would focus his eyes on the back of the head of the person in the lead and that would sort of pull him along in the race. Notice that he didn't say he didn't say that he was looking at the other runners beside him. He didn't say that he was looking into the crowd and focusing on all that was going on around him. He didn't say that he was looking back at the other runners behind him. His eyes and his focus were, were fixed on the leader of the race. And that would help him to persevere. That would give him endurance. Here the author tells us to fix our eyes on Jesus. What does that mean? Well, let me ask you this. What do you look to? What do you look to when you're upset? 
What do you look to when you experience the loss of a loved one? When finances get tight, when you're lonely, when, the, when your spouse walks out the door, when, when one day your, your son or your daughter that has loved you their entire life, one day they wake up and they can't stand the sight of your face. For whatever reason, they, they can't stand you. What do you look to? Is it, is it alcohol? Is it drugs? Is it prescription medication? Is it longer work hours at the office so you don't have to deal with the things that are going on in your home? Are you looking to friends or family members or coworkers to satisfy, to fulfill all of your needs? Are you looking to temporary pleasures? We, we, we saw that Moses, he gave up those temporary pleasures. Are you looking to those temporary pleasures? Or instead, instead of looking to these things that only weigh you down and, and hinder you from running this race well, instead, are you looking to Jesus? The one who has run this race before us. He's been on the path already. He gives us a perfect example of how this race should be run. But he's not just the leader. Remember, Zamperini, he, he would focus on the leader. But, but Jesus Yes, he's a leader, but he's not only the leader. He's the founder and perfecter. He ran the race perfectly. And by his sacrificial death on the cross, he has cleared the path of faith. In other words, the path of the Christian life so that we can run it and run it well and run it with endurance. You see, Jesus himself looked beyond the immediate painful circumstances that surrounded him, that he was in. He looked beyond that to the reward that was ahead. Are you looking beyond your immediate circumstances, beyond the temporary pleasures, beyond the temporary fixes to your problems, and looking, instead looking to Jesus, who already persevered through all that we could ever, all that we could ever go through, and can enable you to do the same, can enable you to persevere. You see, this, this sets Jesus apart from all of the other examples in Hebrews 11. We, we can look to the, I mean, there, there's, there's a chapter in the Bible about them for a reason, okay? But, and we can look to them and, and do some of the good things that they did and, and, and follow after them in, in some ways. And that, that might be okay, but, but without Jesus, without faith in Christ, without the author, without the perfecter, it would all be in vain. Because in chapter 11 of Hebrews, the author says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. 
Psalms 127, unless the Lord builds the house, this, this house, your house, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. And we'll close out as we begin to close with, with verse 3. Because it kind of gets us back to our over, the, the, the overall question here of what are the things we need to lay down? What are we looking to? In verse 3, he says, Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. To consider means to think about something very carefully. And so what is it that you're considering today? Or maybe that, that you've been considering. Instead of temporary fixes, instead of the sin that, that clings to you and wears you down, that leaves you feeling exhausted, friends, I want to encourage you to look to Jesus, to consider Jesus. In other words, to trust in Jesus. No matter where you're at in life, if, this, if, if you're here today and this is your first time to ever hear the name of Jesus, and you haven't even started the race yet, you don't even know where the start line is, that's fine. That's okay. Or if you've been running this race for years and there are things that are weighing you down. Sin that's still clinging to you, wearing you out. Consider him. Consider Jesus. You know, there's somebody here today that, that, that hasn't even... You hadn't even started the race. And again, that's okay. But my friend, today is a new day. Today is the day. Today is a day for you to lay aside all that extra weight. You can stop doing things on your own. You can stop looking to the temporary fixes and surrender your life to the eternal solution. And there's some in here, you've been running the race for a long time. But there's things that's, that are weighing you down. Sin that's clinging and you are absolutely exhausted. In, in the ESV translated, translation here it says faint-hearted. Another word for faint-hearted is exhausted. In the margin of your Bible, you could write your name in the margin of your Bible and draw an arrow to weary and draw an arrow to faint-hearted because that describes you perfectly. You can leave all of that at the feet of Jesus today. Remember the illustration with the rocks, how heavy this backpack was. Jesus... Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. Jesus says, my burden is light. He says, take my yoke and follow me and you will find rest for your souls. 
instead of the weight, instead of the sin that's carrying you around, look to Jesus. His burden is light. It's easy. It's, 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 he will give you that strength. He will give you that perseverance. Look to Jesus. Because, you see, the, the Christian life, it's not a sprint. Remember, we say you don't, you don't need much endurance to run a sprint. That's why if you, in, the, in the Olympics, you, you have distance runners and you have sprinters, right? The distance runners, they, they have the endurance to run the distance, They've prepared to run the distance, and that's what you have to be ready to run. There's, there's going to be hurdles along the way, but they're just hurdles. They're not, they're not dead ends. But, but remember this. Remember this illustration, where, and, and the illustration with the, with the, 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 the Christmas lights and, and the present, and you took care of all your holiday duties but didn't really have room for Jesus, and now you're worn out. If, if you keep trying to clear these hurdles day after day, week after week, with all of the extra weight, eventually you're going to come across a hurdle that you can't clear that you can't overcome. Those things that are hurdles will become roadblocks. And what do you have to do at a roadblock? You hit a roadblock, you do what? You turn around. Back into the world. Back to the temporary pleasures. Back into the temporary fixes. You see, sadly, this happens way too often in the Christian life. You know, we, somebody comes out the gate, they're on fire, they're excited, they're serving, but before you know it, they're in, in danger of turning their backs on Jesus. Because, you see, when, when, in John 16, when Jesus said there would be trials and tribulations, he meant it. But, but we didn't really understand that there would be hurdles along the way and persecution and things that would happen that we don't fully understand. And when those things did happen, instead of looking to Jesus, we turn our backs on him and consider the temporary things of the world, like drugs, alcohol, prescription meds, inappropriate relationships. We start trying to do things our own way instead of his way. But Jesus endured such hostility from sinners. Remember we said earlier the, the persecution that, that the, the readers of this letter were experiencing was not yet to the point of bloodshed. But Jesus, verse 3, endured such hostility from sinners. Hostility to the point of death on a cross. The most humiliating, most painful death one could suffer so that you and I would not grow weary or faint-hearted so that we wouldn't have to endure on our own so that we wouldn't have to carry the weight and carry the burden of our sin so that we could could take off the sin that was clinging to us and run this race with endurance and run this race 
well and finish this race. So maybe, maybe you're going into the new year. You're making plans. You're writing out goals. Do this. Write down the things as, as you, maybe you've, hopefully you've been here kind of thinking and examining and maybe you're writing down goals, making changes, making plans for the new year. These things that you need to weigh, lay aside that are weighing you down, the sin that's clinging to you, write those things down. Discuss them with your spouse. Or, or find a trusted friend that can hold you accountable. And begin to lay these things aside. Begin to trim off that which is weighing you down, that's wearing you out. So as you bow your heads this morning, as we close in prayer, no matter where you're at, no matter what you've done, what you're going through, would you consider him? Would you be bold enough today to admit that you've been considering or, or looking to things instead of looking to Jesus? That you've been looking to the temporary fixes, the temporary pleasures, earthly things instead of eternal things. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, if, 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 that is, if you can be bold enough to admit that, not to me, you're not admitting that to me, you're not admitting that to your neighbor, you're, you're, gonna, you're admitting that to Jesus. And, and if it's you that's fearing, feeling weary and and, and faint-hearted, if, if you're one of those that, that can write your name in the margin of your Bible and, and draw an arrow to weary and draw an arrow to faint-hearted, if, if that is you, if either those are you, I just want to pray with you. Just slip your hand up in the air. Amen. Hands. I see your hand, hands everywhere. Thank you. And if anyone is here today, and you, you, you can be bold enough to admit, I hadn't even started the race yet. And today is the day where I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I'm tired of doing things my own way. Friends have let me down. Family has let me down. My job let me down. I've, I've, maybe I've, I've let myself down. Well, guess what? Jesus won't let you down. So if anyone can be bold enough to admit today, To, to admit that today. They want to be a part of God's family. I want to start the race, the race of this Christian life today. I'm tired of doing it on my own. Just slip your hand up in the air. 
we want to we pray with you. Let's pray for all those who, all of you who admitted that you've been looking to things instead of looking to Jesus, if there's things in your life that, that, that you need to lay aside. Father, I pray for each of those, God, that, that you would offer them, God, the strength and the perseverance. Jesus, you, you ran this race perfectly. And you are the one that will give strength, that will give endurance. So Jesus, as they, as they run this race, Father, give them the faith to look to you, Jesus. To begin to trim things off, to begin to lay things aside. When, when life comes at them, when circumstances around them, when circumstances around them change, when things, circumstances around them become dark, God, give them the ability to look beyond those things, to look beyond their, 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 their immediate circumstances and look to you, Jesus, to trust in you. May you be the first one that we all look to, Jesus, to run this race with endurance to run this race well and to finish this race in Jesus name what's everybody say amen give the Lord a hand clap this morning look if, if, you, if you raise your hand uh, before we're dismissed, if you raise your hand, remember the prayer partners. If y'all would, go ahead and start making your way to the front. Our prayer partners will be up here. Don't leave out of here. If you raise your hand admitting, hey, look, I've been looking to things. I need to lay things down. Step forward. Let, let us pray with you. That's what we're here for. And I, I, I pray that you all go out and that you have a happy, safe new year. And always remember that we don't just go to church. We love you guys. We'll see you next year.